heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. You've been hearing a lot, or I hope you have, potentially, if you've been paying attention to matters around the world, uh, what's happening in Australia and, and New Zealand, for that matter, as well. We get a tremendous amount of correspondence in here on the network from citizens all over the world. And, uh, you know, I mean, Australia is about has become just about as unglued as a country could be. And uh, when it comes to pushing this mandatory, this hus- uh, the hostilities coming from people in power and the mandates, and uh, really it's a Marxist takeover of a lot of countries that are experiencing this. Um, and, and we're seeing the effects of this everywhere around the globe. And, that, and that's the thing about this that's it's odd. It's not a really, it's not an isolated incident, people. So when you look at the things like the, you know, the oppressive behavior that's happening here in the States, you know, it's not a one-off kind of thing. It's happening everywhere. So if this was, you know, like the convention of globalists or something or whatever their campaign is or, or, or stooges, but surely they, they've accomplished that much. They've got people uh, in fear of their life and in fear of their liberties everywhere. All free people are uh, being oppressed and held down right now through these incredible forces of government powers, uh, I guess, best way to say it. But, you know, while all this has been going on and we've been focused here with our own problems here and looking, of course, with talking a lot about Australia in recent times, I've been aware and I've, I've been very aware of our friends to the north in Canada, what's been happening there. And because of our relationship with so many up there um, that, you know, and of course, I mean, our friendship with Canadians, the United States is it clearly has always been very strong. Uh, but, you know, that's been a lot of people have reminded me that that's that's a, becoming almost a center point about as screwed up as Australia is. Um, I mean, and, and again, and not that we have a lot of room to talk here. Let me be clear with you all here. I don't think I'm on any high horse here for sure, because I'm not. If this is the freedom of the republic, you can you can keep it if that's what this is all about. So anyways. But, you're, you know, we're seeing a lot of these things. So one of the big things that's happening now, if you've been paying attention again, that I've been hearing a lot about, and stories started coming in here uh, pretty heavy uh, over the last week, that there was a, a, an uprising in Canada of the truckers. And the truckers were, were headed to Ottawa to uh, to duke it out, I guess, with their uh, prime minister, Justin Trudeau. And uh, uh, that's kind of how this story started. And... You know, first you sort of look at it and wonder what kind of legs are there to it. But it, it looks like there are a fair amount of legs to it. Now, this thing gets real slippery because you got to remember a lot of the things we do here in the United States are very much connected with our friends in, in Canada, our Canadian brothers and sisters here, clearly. And um, I've got like uh, one of the guys out of Maine, uh, the uh, Brian Isley, uh, the Maine Expedited Freight Group. Um, he, he, he come out and he, he has a quote I have that he says, uh, and I quote, Justin Trudeau needs to listen to these guys. The movement is serious. 
These guys don't like to be told what to do, is what he says. And the impact coming through a lot of our northern states is very serious. Uh, and the truckers back and forth of the free trade we have with Canada is going to be impacted here. This will, the, the, the other factor you've got to remember is, uh, you, you know, your supply chain problem and your inflation problem. Well, guess what? Exactly. This will add to all of that across the board. None of this is going to help out. But I'm here and there in the 12 to 15 mile range long. That's a lot of trucks, people. And they're having a lot of support from the Canadian people as well who are fighting. Now, I was thrilled to hear this, truth be told, because I've been really concerned with, with what's been going on. I'm concerned here in the States what's happening here, as I say to you, but also in Canada what's happening. I'm very concerned with there. And, uh, you know, it's... Um, I mean, Justin Trudeau is a strange fellow. He said, kind of, I, I mean, how would I describe it to you? And I, again, I'm no expert to his, on historian on Trudeau for any stretch. Yeah, but I would say he's a bit of a Napoleon, you know, is what I would call him. You know, he's a little power seeker. Uh, and uh, I have a lot of other adjectives I could use, but I probably shouldn't use them on air, frankly. Uh, but I, I, Napoleon would be the proper word that we could talk about as ladies and gentlemen, okay? But he is sort of that, and you can see his mannerisms and how he's handling things. And he's part of this kumbaya, hold my hand, uh, Macron, Obama, Trudeau. It's that sort of a globalist. Uh, and, of course, now Biden, you know, uh, kumbaya group of people. And you wonder what they're really up to. Well, they're up to no good. I can tell you that much right now. So the truckers are now evidently headed to, to Ottawa to, uh, uh, and, and, you know, to uh, get their attention. Now, the media in Canada, keep in mind, is having the same problems we're having here in the States. I mean, these people, I, I don't know what it is with the media. You know, we used to call them the fourth estate here in, the, in, in our country, but they're the biggest buffoons going in these stories is the Marxist media. You know, if the media would help expose any of these evils, we'd have half a chance on some of these battles, people. But... They don't expose anything. And that's, that's I think, the, the most egregious thing in all of this is where the hell is the media? And they seem to side with the Marxists and the communists all the time. I mean, you can't make sense of this thing. And that, of course, puts the onus on us at America Out Loud and, and groups like us who are you know, clearly on the front lines and uh, understand what our liberties and how important they are, our freedoms to all of us as free-thinking people, right? Yeah, and that, that's what happens here. So, uh, you know, now... One, I want to read you here this uh, quickly here, this uh, tweet from uh, one of the members of uh, parliament uh, for Cypress Hills and Grasslands, uh, Jeremy uh, Potzer here. And uh, he says this, you couldn't find someone more out of touch with reality than at Justin Trudeau. Of course, he, he tagged the uh, prime minister in the tweet, which is always a good thing when you do that. Millions of Canadians standing in solidarity with hundreds of thousands of truckers standing on guard for thee. But to our prime minister, we are a fringe minority with unacceptable views. And that's exactly it right there. That's exactly the kind of thing we have here that's happening. Uh, patriots and conservatives and people love the Constitution and people here in our country, you're, you're always isolated and called the fringe minority when you're really the majority. But see, that's what the left does so brilliantly. That's what the Marxist left do. They know how to package anything up. You know, they can package number two up and make it smell very sweet. And they do that regularly, whereas the other side, the right, the conservatives, not really good at that. I, I don't have the answer as to why, but they don't often get to the point 
And, and then you get this package into the Marxist media. And then the problem is there are a lot of people at home that believe this stuff. They really believe that people are on the fringe and they're lost their collective minds. But that's never really the case. These fringe minority are typically the people who are uh, in search of their freedom and their liberties and are fighting for that. And so that's that's where we have this problem going on, this game. But anyways, we're seeing parliament members now start to stand up, pushing back. We're seeing the truckers, all of this pushback happening now. So, you know, there's the thing I want you to know right up front here as we bring on, going to bring on some guests here in a moment here from Canada. But I, I, listen, let me say to you here, please understand me. No matter what happens, when the people rise and the power is there with the people, here it is we the people. We own these bitches, basically, is what it is, people. Okay, they work for us. We hire them and give them the privilege to serve us, our fellow citizens, you might say, before they turn on us and trade us off. I think that's where the rubber meets the road, quite frankly. And that's what we need to drive people to understand is stop living in fear. We don't need to leave, live in fear of these stooges. These people work for us. That's how this thing works. So if you don't like it, get rid of them. Flush them down the toilet. Let's let's just do that. The next election, kill it all, man. You know, just and bring in sideswipe the whole thing, left, right, and center. Bring in some new faces. What do you got to lose at this point, right? Not like they're doing a great job there. Let's get back to the trucker thing. And uh, one of the words you'll hear in just a moment: vaccine vendetta. It's like a vax. I've been seeing those. Uh, that's a hashtag and tweets playing here with the trucker thing, and a lot more happening about these truckers. This is all about, by the way, the unvaccinated truckers. You already, I'm sure, know the story here. And so they want everybody vaccinated. That's the crux of this thing right here. And the truckers are saying, "No damn well," just as much as I would. I'd say, "You ain't vaccinate me, kid." no matter what. And now you've got a whole set of problems that are going to happen here. So now you've got to wonder what's really going to happen. Let's uh, let's bring on a couple of folks here. I want to bring on first here, a gentleman uh, just met for the first time here, and you'll meet him as well. And that is uh, Sylvain Henry joins us, and he lives up in Quebec, actually. Uh, now, fascinating thing about Sylvain here is he is the founder of this group, and you'll love the name of this. It's called Glorious and Free. I like that. Glorious and free. Glorious. That, that's, a, that's a cool word to use there. You don't hear that a lot. Glorious and free. Uh, and he's uh, he's at the center of the storm there with a lot of unique people up there fighting for uh, freedom in Canada, doing the, really working on this last couple of years and is connecting Canadians uh, and doing a lot of cool things up there from what I understand about so let's bring on the program here, uh, Sylvain, and let's let's talk about this here. What's what's happening with the truckers now? What? Let's get to the crux first of all of the convoy. What's your sense of the convoy? What's your sense of how big it is? Where it's coming from? Where they're headed? What's the goal? What are they trying to do? Give us a sense of what's happening on the ground, if you can, please. Okay. Um, regarding the actual fact of it, people can verify using highway cams and see how big actually this is in real time. Anybody in the world can look at the highway cams in the province or look at Google Maps and look at the live traffic uh, uh, report. If you see red, then that means that it's really congested. So the sense of it is that there are two ways to look at this, and I don't know which way will win. Either it is a protest. By the way, I, before, before I, I say anything, I just want to mention that I really have a lot of empathy uh, for all the truckers uh, who are doing this. Amen. Um, 
you know, they have, look, not only lost their jobs because they're not vaccinated, they may be stuck selling a truck. I don't know if they'll have a good price for it because they can't truck anymore because I don't know if they're going to win this, but they're going to be spending just thousands of dollars in gas to cross four or 5,000 kilometers and come back. And um, even though there's a lot of organization behind this, they're going to come in short. It's going to cost them money. So you're saying they've got a lot of skin in the game, basically, is what you're saying there. And, you know, it's the same thing, though, Sylvain, that's happened to think about what you just say in the healthcare industry. Look at the nurses and the doctors and the others who are being thrown out of the healthcare industry on their heads who have all kinds of issues for the same thing you just said, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I, I have a lot of admiration for what they are doing. Yeah. Did they gain public attention? Yes, they, they have gained global media attention. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Brazil, uh, I believe France and Australia, the truckers there are starting to imitate them. But there are two ways. Is that, hold on, them. is that right? Hold on a minute. Now, that's fascinating what you said. I didn't know that footnote, and I want to know that footnote. So you, I just mentioned Australia at the top of the program. You said Australia, Brazil, and who else? France? I believe it's France, yes. And... Uh, Australia tried it before and they failed. They're doing it again because they're motivated by what's happening in Canada. I love it. I love it. You know, Australia, I'll tell you what, uh, Sylvain, our brothers and sisters in Australia, man, they've been through hell and back with that government out there who need a kick in the ass with what's happened out there. I mean, you can't believe the correspondence and the, the heartfelt messages and emails we get in here at the network. Uh, and we have a lot of Australians that listen to our network here. They love America out loud. I, I, I don't know. It's a sort of a, a chemistry or synergy with the country, but it's remarkable what they've gone through out there, you know? Yeah. And also American truckers are coming to Canada to participate in this. I hear well, that. Like, yeah. At least those that have been vaccinated already, because <laughs> if you don't have the vaccine pass, you can't come here. So you, you can't cross the border, right? Yes, but uh, apparently Americans, um, the American uh, Department of Transportation has found a way to resolve that. Uh, number one, they're going to be hiring and training teenagers uh, that have a driving permit. And number two, they will allow people that have only a sight and one eye to drive. My father can only see in one eye and he can drive legally. Wow. But I, I'd hate to be uh, having it like a, uh, doing this with an 18 uh, uh, wheel truck. But uh, so, yeah, the United States, uh, France, Brazil and uh, Australia. Um, so some people see this as a protest. Actually, the, the protest is justified. The truckers are justified in what they're doing. Their action is legal. So far, it has been very, very peaceful. There's another way to look at it. And you are going to be hearing that word uh, a lot, and pro- perhaps starting Saturday, siege laying siege to a city. And that word will be used by the government and the mainstream propaganda channels. So um, get just be ready for that. So uh, by the way, I agree with you, uh, our uh, prime minister, I don't know why he's prime minister. Some, something has got to be rigged. A lot of us believe that. If you just look at any uh, House of Commons question period uh, that is recorded and available on YouTube, this, this prime minister has never answered a single question in parliament. He is unable to or unwilling or he doesn't care. I don't know. But most people don't know that because most people don't care about uh, politics and puppetitions. 
So right, they go about living their life and they think, you know, a lot of people have this attitude, Sylvain, that, uh, you know, that uh, I'm not political. I don't want to be political, but they don't understand in life that you, you either get involved in politics or politics will get involved in you. <clears throat> absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so I look at this in, in, in the two ways. Okay? OK, why do I look at it two ways? Why? And I will tell you why. It's because um, I, I have a large group and they report to me what they see, okay? Uh, and actually convoys of military vehicles came from the Maniwaki, that's north of Ottawa, the national capital of Canada. And in the, the area of Vanier, some armored uh, personnel carriers uh, have been spotted just two days ago. Not only that, we have, I have military helicopters flying overhead here. I don't know if there's any strategic reason for that. Uh, but, uh, and uh, not just the ordinary military helicopters, the one with the two, uh, uh, how do you say, propellers there, mm -hmm. enough to, the big ones that can carry troops. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So that is why I'm a little concerned. So the question is, uh, how do we look at this? Will they achieve their goal? I don't know. But I look at the bigger problem. Okay, right now, as everybody knows worldwide, uh, you know, the truckers can achieve a lot, and I believe their inter intervention will, could be very, very useful. But first of all, there's record government debt in most governments of the world. There's record inflation, record bankruptcies of personal and corporate brand bankruptcies, record unemployment. Our country uh, has given um, many all the unemployed uh, like $2,000 every single month for over a year. I know many people who have uh, accepted that money. But there's no more money for that. We, we, Canada and many other countries have been borrowing money, perhaps as far back as 2008. Okay, um, the government of Canada has a credit card, but now it's been maxed out. And okay, also we also have the coming wars with uh, potential wars with Russia over Ukraine, China over Taiwan, and over some African countries. Mm -hmm. um, and the Federal Reserve, there's a potential that they can uh, cause the entire system to collapse, not to mention the global carbon tax and some other issues. All of this is happening at the same exactly. time. Okay? Exactly. And, and plus, yeah. you have COP27 coming, um, and I'm sure Tom, Tom will, will talk about that. Mm -hmm. so, so I am concerned. Um, Okay, first of all, it, I want to say my opinion, it does not make sense that truckers be vaccinated. Why? Because they're alone in the trucks. You know, who can they contaminate? Okay. Uh, they don't even touch the, you know, what's ever behind them. So there is no logical reason for doing that. Okay. Um, but government doesn't have... Well, well you could have that argument, uh, Sylvain, about a lot of professions, quite frankly. There are people working at home for corporations that are being forced to get this jab. I would even go more than what you say. I almost don't agree with what you say when you isolate truckers. I don't think anybody should be forced to be. The vaccines don't work. So nobody should be forced to get this thing. How, how's that? Oh, well, yes. The, the virus has never been isolated. The vaccines don't work. And I believe they cause a lot more harm, including death, Amen. Than, than the actual virus. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, and the testing, oh, the testing is a joke. Okay. It isn't even approved by the FDA as far as uh, I'm concerned. But it, it's, it's not only about this. And that's the main point I'm trying to say. I don't think Trudeau will concede to their demands this Saturday, just a few hours away. Mm -hmm. uh, why? 
because the government has uh, control over all the federally regulated industries like transportation, right. education, uh, government, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, let, let me say this to you, Shivan. I mean, can Canada really has already become a socialist nation. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I would say even on the border of a dictatorship, okay? Yeah. And I'm a Canadian. I've been here for over 60 years, and, and, and I, I've seen the change in Canada. So will it, okay, will it change public policy, what will happen this weekend? Personally, I don't think so. I doubt it very much, but I hope so, okay? Uh, but the main, the bigger question is this, can it change public perception of our current reality? I, I doubt it, mm -hmm. uh, because the, uh, our government could use this as an opportunity right. to, to say, to blame somebody, we have a boogeyman for the food uh, shortages, right. okay? Because first of all, the truckers are, are not able to deliver food because of this convoy. And number two, because of all the congested traffic around the city that is being in siege right now, the, uh, the shelves will empty. Is this a possibility? Uh, I've lived through the 1970 Wars Me War Measures Act in, in uh, Canada, something implemented by the father of our current prime minister. And I've lived through the OCA crisis um, involving the military again um, and mm -hmm. um, I, I have experienced firsthand that a grocery store can empty in 24 hours. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. If the word gets out, people go there, they buy everything. Yeah. You won't even be able to buy some rat traps. Well, it's already happening. I mean, we're already seeing people are stocking up on all this stuff and there's a fear out there. And, you know, you mentioned uh, and we'll come back a little bit later when because I do want to talk to you and, and Tom and a little bit more about the perfect storm, because you started to lay down some things moments ago here. So we said, well, this or this or this or this or this. Or, and you're exactly right. All of the stuff creates the perfect storm. Let me ask you this one thing. And I want to bring Tom on in just a moment. Here, but I want to ask you, you mentioned the helicopters, the big helicopters things that are going on. <clears throat> are you concerned straight out? Are you concerned with a, uh, a back to Justin Trudeau, the, uh, the, the prime minister, that there'll be a military pushback on this thing? Um, I am concerned, but I'd like to say a big but on this is that uh, at my events, I have uh, weekly events on Sundays and um, they sometimes they gather like in, when the days are warm between two and 300 people. And many of my attendees are uh, uh, mostly uh, active duty uh, members of the military. Okay. Yeah. And I, I won't say which ranks, but it goes straight to the top and they mm -hmm. attend mm -hmm. and I pass them the megaphone every once in a while and you wouldn't believe the words that come out of their mouth. Yeah. So all yeah. this to say that a lot of the Canadian military currently serving right now are on the side of the people and they Amen. are definitely against Trudeau and they mention his name. They don't spell it but we know what it is. Amen. So, well, that's a beautiful thing, what you'd share with us right there. And I was hoping that was the case, to be clear with you. And I believe that's the same story that you would almost say, Sylvain, that would happen here in our country. I, I would believe the military, it, it is the people, we the people, and they are part of the people. You understand? You know? And I think the same thing would happen here. Uh, let me bring on now here, Tom Harris joins us. And uh, Tom is a brother, Tom. He's the executive director of the Ottawa Canada-based International Climate 
Climate Science Coalition. He is, uh, you know, lives up in Ottawa there and um, is, uh, uh, as you know out there, is a writer, columnist, and uh, is a co-host with Dr. Jay Lear on uh, the fabulous program, The Other Side of the Story, uh, which plays on America Out Loud Talk Radio on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Tom, your essence, now looking at it from your uh, uh, tree branch there in Ottawa, what are you seeing? What are your, what's your sense of these truckers and, and what uh, uh, Sylvain has uh, shared with us thus far? Will they pull this off? Well, I think they've already succeeded in helping people feel that they're not alone. And that's important because in a society, if you feel that you're the odd man out and that everybody else disagrees with you, you're less likely to speak out. And I think what's happening is we're seeing thousands of people showing up to cheer the truckers as they go past underpasses and through cities. And when they get to Canada, when they get to Ottawa, it's a good chance there'll be a tens of thousands of people on Parliament Hill. And that in itself, you know, even if they don't succeed in getting any policy change in the short term, it will make people emboldened and they'll speak out more because they'll realize they're not this tiny fringe minority like Trudeau calls us. We're actually many, many millions of people across Canada who are very angry about what's happened. So I think that's, that's the first effect. It's already happening as they go through city after city gathering the convoy. And I believe the convoy I was reading last night, Sylvain can correct me, but I believe it's 70 kilometers long. Is that true, Sylvain? Uh, that's the figure that I'm being told, yes. Yeah, and the previous record was in Egypt, actually. It was only seven kilometers. So 70 kilometers, that's like 45 miles or something. So uh, a, lot, a lot more than the 12 or 15 that they reported then, obviously, huh? Yeah, and that's what we're having. The big problem here is that the media are against them. And that, that's partly because the Trudeau government has funded our media. So they're very reluctant to bite the hand that feeds them. And so we get the media constantly condemning these people as racists, as homophobic, et cetera. And yet it's, it's ironic because the movement, generally speaking, one of the spark plugs that got all this going was a Métis woman in Alberta. Okay, so, so to call it a racist movement is pretty pretty far-fetched. But they do this because most people in Canada actually are believing what they hear in the press. I mean, there are millions of people on our side, but sadly, and again, Sylvain can correct me if I'm wrong, the impression I get is that 75% of Canadians are probably supporting Trudeau. And as long as that's occurring, I don't think that Trudeau is, is likely to be much threatened by the movement. How many are supporting him, Tom? I, I, well, you know, it's interesting. The actual percent who voted for him in the last election, and we right. had, had a federal election only a few months ago, right. was only about 32%. And that's the lowest of any prime minister in history, actually. 32% of the voters supported him. But, you know, it's interesting, Malcolm, uh, only one half, about 58% of the people actually voted because there's so much apathy and, you know, they don't right. trust any of the right. party. Right. That's what happens. People turn it off, uh, Tom. They, they don't get involved. They don't want to be involved in it. Uh, I remember he basically squeaked by in that election. I, I tell you what, Tom, I, I, I was praying. I was praying to the good Lord that, uh, that, uh, that the Canadians would take him down and out is what I was hoping yeah. for, you know? Yeah. Well, the big problem is that the opposition leader, the person who's most likely to defeat Trudeau, is um, a red Tory. He's a rhino. 
you know, there he's basically not a real conservative, and he's also a weakling, and people are starting to recognize that. Wow. I mean, he tried to appeal to the mushy middle, and therefore he he basically divorced himself from most of the social conservatives and people who were, you know, yeah. true conservatives. But but I think that this movement, while you know, they're not going to get close to the parliament buildings. I think that's one thing. They they want to actually get their trucks right in front of the parliament buildings and uh, Trudeau's official residence. But that they're not going to allow them on those roads. I'm sure of that. First, of So all, I wonder if there'll be a standoff. Will there be a standoff with that, do you think? Or will they begin to I just think, walk there? I think many blocks before they get to the parliament buildings, mm -hmm. the city and the police and the RCMP and perhaps the military will have blocked off the roads. And so you're right. They'll be getting into Parliament Hill by foot. Yeah. But man, do you feel that a lot of truckers are going to show up on Parliament Hill? It's a good question. So, man, what do you think on that? My answer to that is that you're right, Tom. They won't come anywhere near the Parliament. Um, they're getting ready in case some people do. A lot of people come. I think the showdown will actually happen on the 401, a stretch of a highway from Toronto to uh, practically to, to Montreal or to Ottawa. Um, because that's the only place where they can actually physically contain the vehicles. Okay, so um, these trucks of this size, uh, you cannot have them downtown and on bridges and certain bridges and so on. So they're going to have a, pro a logistic problem. How do you feed all these people? Where do they park their trucks? How do they go to the bathroom? Who brings them food? And not to mention the major problem, which will cause a public opinion shift of Look, uh, you know, they're blocking everything. We can't go to work. You know, we can't go to the hospital. We so, I mean, let me ask you straight out. Do you do you think this could be the spark, potentially? Could this be the spark? Uh, I, I mean, is, are things that serious there and things get heated up with this? Could this be the spark to tip over into some sort of a revolutionary moment for Canada? Um, I think you're very right about that. And not because of the truckers. Because there are many parallel, I call them parallel freedom groups yep. that are more aggressive and that they're going to be there. And if they start causing troubles, uh, then the media will jump on that and say it's mm. the truckers. You know? Okay, yeah, that's exactly yeah. All right, so I mean, stay right there, and uh, Tom as well, uh, stay right there, and uh, and and let me just, you, you know, you got to be. I mean, you're, you're listening, friends. You you got to be shocked at what we're talking about and what you're hearing. But you know, the thing is, what's that, what's that old saying we used to know as kids, like misery likes company or something? Is that what it is? I don't know. Uh, the point is, uh, these are not isolated incidents is what I'm suggesting. Uh, what's remarkable is you hear some of these things from, from Tom and, and Sylvain here, and you kind of think like, wow, like this sounds like right here, what's happening here in the United States. Of course it does. So a lot of these things, this is what's so profound about this moment. And I ask, I didn't know how Savane would answer that when I said, do you think this could be a revolutionary moment for Canadians? He he didn't hesitate. You, and, and you hear the conviction in his thoughts there. Uh, you know, this becomes very serious. The same challenges are happening here. You know, sometimes it just takes that spark that pushes things over the edge is what happens. You know, at the end of the day, people will only take so much. You know, it's what I call the human spirit. You know, people will only take so much of this. 
And when you see how things are happening, I mean, you know, I tell you all the time, we live in a historical moments of time and we surely are, but they're not isolated to, you know, to New York City, Los Angeles and Chicago or, you know, the United States. They're everywhere in the world is my point. They're happening in all corners of the world. And what's ironic to me about this moment is, you know, Canada has been sort of from a national, from an international news standpoint, I'm talking about now. Okay. All right. Before this story right now, today, there's not a lot about going, we don't hear a lot about Canada anymore. It's like the news media doesn't even bring that up. Now I've been watching very closely and I've been seeing what's happening there. And I say, well, it's, it's turned far left. It's it's oppressive what's happening out there. And, you know, real Canadian people like like Sylvain Henry here and Tom Harris, I mean, you know, the people who want their freedom and their liberties, and these are by the many, many millions and millions. And what that percentage is in Canada, I don't know. But clearly there's going to be an uprising of how, you know, it's either that or you live or you agree to live under a communist dictatorship, Marxist uh, uh, country. I mean, that's what's happening. So these are not talking points anymore. You know, th these are not theories. These are not, well, you know, you're a fringe. Yeah, fringe. Well, then the whole world is fringe, right? I mean, maybe we're all on the fringe. Yeah, we're on the fringe. You're taking our damn liberties back, you fools. You know, I mean, really, what is that? You know, don't you hate, you know, the left, the Marxist left, they're so good at using the language. You know what I mean? These bastards, they use the language and they flip it around. Yeah. You know, they call everything they are. They try to call free, free people out for. And of course, they're the ones doing it. It always has been that way. And, 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 the, and the Marxist media. And I just, you know, I about die inside when you hear Tom and, and, and you hear Sylvain talk about, you know, the media out there, you know, yeah, tell me about it. We're ground zero for that story. I mean, I mean, these people are sick here. I mean, our media here in this country is it's a, it's a train wreck. It's atrocious. And they have this better than vow attitude. I mean, and, and they're doing nothing for the for the people here, for we the people, not a damn thing. So, you know, at some point that becomes a, a moment of friction. And that's what we're seeing in a lot of places. I mean, and so I, I think it was very unique that this story came about. And I, I when I started getting people were sending this story to me a week ago, say, this is what's going to happen. This is what's happening. And I started getting the story in here from multiple folks who said, you need to cover this. You need to talk about this. And I said, well, I think you're right for a whole lot of reasons. Then here we are. Uh, so, I mean, you know, these things can also be a moment in time. Uh, you know, sometimes in life, I, I say to you that we have to step back before we move forward. There are many times in life, even as a people in our own home lives and our personal lives and our businesses, and surely in our countries, there are times where we have to do an accounting of our lives, you know, and I always call it the 30,000 foot moment. We've got to get up to 30,000 feet. We've got to look back and see where we're at and fix what's wrong. And we're at that sort of moment here, I think, is what's coming to, you know, it's been a lot of, lot of damage here that's been happening. What COVID has done, it has highlighted the problems. It has accentuated these things to the nth degree. And we're now seeing how egregious all this is. Now you've got, like Sylvain was saying, he's exactly right. And we'll talk about that with Tom and him a little bit. This is going to be a fascinating talk because, you know, the calamity of all these things happening at once is the real problem. It is, it, it's, it's like an intersection of all these things coming together. That, my fellow Americans, becomes a spark. 
It's a spark of something. Okay. You can call it whatever you want, but it's a, it's a moment of accountability. You see, that's what we're looking at here is that moment of accountability. You know, or it's either that, or we hold hands and we kumbaya in the sunset with these freaking Marxists. And we become part of that paradigm. Now you've got the globalists owning the whole thing and we're all locked down and we're run by dictators. And that becomes, you remember some of those movies you watched as a kid? You remember some of those crazy movies of the world in the head? And we say, ah, that'll never happen. But by golly, it's freaky, isn't it? It's really freaky. I, I wasn't a big watcher of those movies and stuff, but I remember them. Looking into the future 100 years from now or something, it's like, geez, I don't want to live there, man. Well, I gotta tell you what, people, from me growing up as a young lad to now today, we're already sort of there now. But we're already at that point of, of, of friction here. So all that said, we'll put that aside here. This is a, a fascinating thing. And we definitely uh, support these truckers, uh, both in uh, American truckers and Canadian truckers. And uh, who are, I mean, these are real people doing great work. And where would we be our economy and talk about a supply chain problem without our truckers? I mean, they keep the economy moving. And uh, yeah, they're independent folks and don't want to be told to do any more than I want to be told to do. Or you, I hope. Uh, but we're free loving people. So, you know, listen, this is, these are the kinds of stories we need to rally around here at uh, on our network and our platform here. Now, I'll remind you again to go back over America Out Loud. It's all there. We have the best around the globe of writers or articles, uh, the, the, the best stories and, and clearly all of our shows and that do go to podcasts. Uh, this show, of course, always goes to podcasts about a day, day and a half later from hearing it on talk radio. Now, the voice of a nation you hear every weekday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Let your friends know and you're invite your independence and your people just left of center. We got to get those people into the story here. I'm talking about real people who still care. I'm not talking about the Marxist left. These people are already gone. But I'm talking about the rest of the people. And we need to invite them in here where liberty is, is alive and well. And so that's that's how you do it right here. Uh, and um, uh, so invite them over. And, and again, six o'clock is at Eastern time. Here is anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. Uh, the encore is at 10 p.m. So you hear a six and 10 uh, every night, Monday through Friday there. And the shows do all go to podcast about a day, day and a half later. You'll see them out there on the front page of uh, America Out Loud and in podcast networks worldwide. And that's all of them. Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Pandora, iHeart. There's hundreds of them. And we're on all of them. You'll see some of the connections back at America Out Loud. The other thing I want to remind you to with all this virus stuff and all this crazy stuff going on in the world, um, we should take nothing for granted, including our health. And I will remind you right now, HealthyCell.com. I've been taking HealthyCell for four years myself, Malcolm, yours truly. I take the AMPM product. I take the, the uh, daily multi uh, product as well. They have gel form. They're nutraceuticals and gel form. You take them right out of the package. Uh, they have a whole host of products. Uh, they have a REM sleep. Uh, they have um, focus. Focus is great. A lot of people in COVID have brain fog. It's, that's a real thing, people. And so focus helps you get back with that. So check out all their products anyways. There's the short story on that. And you go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud. Our listeners all get 20% off. Uh, just put the code out loud in. You get that off your first order. Uh, no questions here. Uh, or you click the banner ad back at America Out Loud as well. We'll take a quick pause, my fellow Americans and our fellow Canadian friends as well. And for that matter, our friends around the world here as well. Our fellow citizens here will join you on the other side. You're listening to the voice of a nation.
Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation, that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at Liberty at America Out Loud. Liberty at AmericaOutloud.com. And we join you back here on The Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. And thank you, as always, my friends, for being with us on the mission here. Now, this is a big mission today, and I think it's an important one. Uh, I was very, uh, very much willing to put a spotlight on this story. Uh, And I need you to be aware of what's happening here. And I need you to get this story out to as many people as you can. It it doesn't do any good in a vacuum. You've got to get these stories out from... Well, I would say from sea to shine and sea, but in this case, we'll need to go all around the world, clearly. Um, and I love what uh, Sylvain Henry was sharing with us moments ago about the other countries that are falling in line with this trucker uh, 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 convoys and uh, kind of a rebellion of standing up for our liberties and freedom. They're being forced to be vaccinated. The vaccinated, uh, are, they're not effective. We don't know why these government powers are forcing this onto the people. They don't work. I just seen a story people sent me yesterday and, and this morning, they got multiples in, up in arms because they're trying to vaccinate now the kids under four, infants uh, born in the hospitals. They want to give them multiple vaccines and boosters and all kinds of things. I mean, they don't have any, there's, they're not at risk of anything, period, end of story. I mean, this isn't, this isn't, there's no risk for these people. Uh, I mean, unless you have comorbidities or you're, you're uh, you know, in that age bracket, that is a concern, then you need to be careful and take care of yourself clearly with, with this COVID business. I mean, it's a real virus. I'm not suggesting it's not, but what they've done with it is they've made it a COVID exercise uh, to steal people's liberties and freedoms with all this nonsense that's going on here. Um, it, it is remarkable. I want to uh, play an audio clip right now. And join us back in the program here, by the way, is Sylvain Henry. He lives up in Quebec, by the way. He's the founder of Glorious and Free, uh, and they are fighting for freedom up there in Canada. I really like what I hear with this guy. Um, 
uh, a lot. And of course, our, our truly here, Tom Harris, who's a writer and show host on the network here as well, joined me on the program. We're both are Canadians. Tom lives in uh, Ottawa, Canada. Ottawa, by the way, is a beautiful area. Uh, I was up there a few years ago, and uh, it's an absolutely gorgeous area. Uh, and it's, it's, of course, a government, but a lot of arts, a lot of fun things going on there. Uh, so, uh, you know, um, we, we all need to care about these stories. I want to play an audio clip. Uh, this is from a member of parliament in uh, Carlington, and it's uh, Pierre Pauliv, I believe it is, Pierre Pauliv. And uh, I want I want you to listen to this, uh, Tom and Savannah. I'd like you to uh, opine on this and give me your thoughts about this. Um, just a short uh, 25, 30 seconds here. Uh, listen to this just a moment, please. If you walk into a grocery store and you see products on the shelves, thank a trucker. If you walk into a grocery store and you see empty shelves, thank Justin Trudeau. His policy of vaccine vendetta against our hardworking truckers is going to drive up the cost for our people, drive people out of work and leave us with empty shelves. Okay, so you you hear the uh, this was a tweet put out by uh, by Pierre Polyve. He he put this tweet out. Uh, I don't know that that's his voice, unless you know it, uh, uh, Sylvain and, and uh, Tom. I don't know, but this was something he put out, and basically uh, he's talking about this vaccine vendetta. In fact, it's hashtag just just inflation. J U S T I N. Uh, they're using there. Um, speak about your thoughts about that uh, that audio there, Tom. Yeah, that is Pierre Polyev, and he is very outspoken. That was his voice. Okay. And he's right. I mean, the bottom line is, if you look at the actual numbers in our last election, 32% of people who voted voted for Trudeau, but only just over half of people voted. What it means is that only about one in six you know, potential voters voted for our current prime minister. So the vast majority of Canadians did not support him in the last election. And you know, our system is strange because it allows a prime minister to get in with, in this case, one in six eligible voters supporting him. It's, it's a very strange circumstance. Yeah, I remember watching the election again, and, and it was strange. I really couldn't figure it out, Tom, how the hell, hell he got in based on what you just said. And it, I knew he did not have any kind of a mandate. So, so then you speak to the people. You have this group, Glorious and Free. Obviously, Justin Trudeau has no mandate. He's, he's on a razor's thin edge. Uh, I'm going to suggest, I'm guessing, based on everything I see here, Canadians don't like the man. He falls into that global cabal uh, that he's trying to bring. It seems like, and I don't know, what. how do you feel about this? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of these countries seem to be lining up to get us somewhere else. Uh, there's a lot of weirdness going on, isn't there? <clears throat> yeah, there is. Uh, I'd like to talk about uh, Pierre Poilier. That is indeed his voice. Uh, he's very well respected, I would say, by 100% of Canadians. And uh, I do have an experience with him. And as well, I have an experience with uh, Justin Trudeau. Um, back in March 20, sorry, not uh, March, uh, July 1st, Canada Day 2020, our group, Glorious and Free, and all the members across Canada sent 8,000, minimum 8,000 physical handwritten letters to uh, Justin Trudeau and to ask him to stop all this craziness. This is back in 2020. Mm -hmm. He did not reply to one of them. So then I changed my strategy and I asked the people, well, we're going to uh, do the same thing to Jack Mead Singh, uh, the leader of the NDP, the leader of the Greens and the leader of the Conservatives. Aaron O'Toole did not respond to one of them. And then I changed my strategy again. 
Let's go to Pierre Poiliev. Let's write to him. I, you, you may not believe this. He replied not only to our letters, but to our emails. Mm. I had email chats back and forth with this guy. Mm. He would have, you know, if he would have been chosen as leader of the Conservative Party instead of Aaron O'Toole, he would be prime minister today. I was just thinking of that when you were talking, when you were set up. Why didn't he get in there? That's right. I asked him the question. He said, it's because I have a young family. I'm not ready for that yet. But that's in his heart. I know it. Uh, something is stopping him. But the country needs him. The country needs yes. him. Absolutely. We need to have him on top there. You know, I, I, I may start another campaign to Pierre and suggest that uh, he help us out. Of all the politicians yeah. in Canada now living, uh, he has the best chance of replacing wow. him. And so that's number one. I also wanted to mention something in passing to your American audience that they may not know. And I think they should know because it probably will be coming to them because whatever happens in Quebec first spreads yeah. to the rest of the country. Absolutely. Number one, okay, um, many people don't know, but we have a law, mandatory vaccination. It's called the Quebec Health Act, Articles 123 to 126. That's been in place for lots of years. Number two, our premier, the, the, like the prime minister of our province, like a governor, uh, he will uh, start the, I call it the uh, unvexed tax. He's going to be taxing people like me who refuse the jab $150 each month. And that's aside from the fines that the, the police can give us if we go to certain places and so on. And by the way, we had the, a curfew in the province of Quebec for several months and that means you had to be in your house by 10 o'clock and you out um, by 5 a.m. at the soonest. The only exception is if you had a dog. So a lot of dogs went missing because people wanted to go outside after 10. Um, not only that, they are starting a campaign, a phone campaign. This is from the government. Mm -hmm. uh, they will be calling all the unvaccinated until we get vaccinated. And mm -hmm. that's going to convince a few more people. And after that, if that doesn't work out, they'll come and uh, visit us and ask us our reasons why and, and try to brainwash us and so, so on. So, Vinny, let me and ask you, are the Canadian people ready to, do you get a feel, I mean, you've been watching this thing very, very closely, you and Tom both. Uh, is there, I mean, what's your, really, your core, your gut tell you, is, are the Canadian people ready to do something? Nobody knows. I would say the majority of Canadians know. They will accept what is coming. And by the way, we do, uh, some quarantine camps were created uh, constructed in the uh, in Canada. They're not ready yet. I don't think so. We'll find out the truth just in a few hours away. Uh, however, um, I wish the truckers would have a public relations department. That's something they don't have, I checked, right. to uh, manage uh, communications with the general public because there's no way you can change Trudeau's mind on this because if he concedes for the truckers, that's an industry he, uh, he regulates, He'll have to do the same thing for healthcare professionals um, and educators and all the other industries that the government regulates. And all the others, they, they just obeyed and or they resigned. Uh, so there's no way he's going to change his mind on this. Um, I don't know at what point Canadians will uh, rise up, um, but it's difficult. It's easier to fool somebody than to convince them they have been fooled, you know. And a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. That means we have to uh, convert our family members with, you know, with velvet gloves 
Um, it's not an easy thing. And that's a good way, way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And by the way, we no longer have access to box stores like Costco and Walmart. We have to be escorted, you know. Why, why is that? What do you mean? Well, because we're a threat, because we're not vexed, I call it. Oh, vexed. if you don't have the vax, vax. Uh, got it, got it. Okay, if you don't have yeah. the vax, that's what's happening. All right. Yeah. Um, and they're talking, they're talking even about putting a badge on us. <laughs> Right, right, right. Well, you know, you, you mentioned the vaccination camps. I've been having stories uh, this past, oh, two, three, four days now uh, coming into the network here that they are setting some of these camps up even in Arizona. Now, last time I looked, Arizona was still part of the United States. Uh, so it is happening right here as well. There's a lot of talk about that. And there's a lot of slippery stuff going on, not just from the Marxist socialist on the left, the Democrat Party that has been taken over. But the, the rhinos and the Republicans are just as guilty as that as well. Tom, your gut feeling, you've lived in Canada. I think you've lived there all your life, haven't you, Tom? I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In fact, I grew up in Montreal. I grew up in Quebec. Yeah. And, uh, but I've lived in Alberta and British Columbia. And so what's your take on this moment of time? Because I, I love where uh, Sylvain talks about this. And, uh, you know, what's your thoughts about it? Well, I think one of the main problems is that most people don't know the facts. They don't know that, in fact, many of these so-called COVID deaths are not deaths caused by COVID. They're deaths of people who happen to have COVID. And, and so much of the basic statistics are reported incorrectly. I have a friend who works in government uh, in death and dying, and I can't say which government, otherwise it would reveal who she is. But... Uh, she was seeing all kinds of cases and she studied it as statistics. She looked at what were the actual causes of death and, and that was her job. And they were laughing because they had one death certificate that came through of a person who was 105 and that person died of COVID according to the government. And she looked at it and she said, well, no one dies of old age anymore. She figures, and this is her calculation, that the actual number of deaths is probably one-tenth yeah. the number that we're hearing. That is now. a fact, Tom. That's a fact. Yeah. And, and we're hearing, like, yeah. across the world, the official number is about five and a half million. This has all been trumped up to the nth degree. And in, in the states here, there's nothing close to this number. Uh, they, they put a yeah. number on death certificate. And we just unveiled that uh, we, because of the uh, the expertise on the platform. Go look at Dr. Henry Ely on the platform here, his uh, communications and his articles. And he'll, he points it right out. Uh, and, you know, the death certificates and what they've done to that, Tom, and all the um, uh, uh, slippery math they're doing, the, the hospitals are being compensated for all this stuff and the healthcare doctors are being compensated. Remdesivir, if they give the patient remdesivir, the hospital gets a $20,000 incentive. Now, yeah. that's incentive. And all remdesivir does is it doesn't help you COVID out. It screws up your liver uh, and your body parts. I mean, you don't want remdesivir, you see? <laughs> Well, you see, and I think this, the statistics is a big issue because last night, for example, I was debating with somebody on Facebook and he was saying 70% of hospitalizations are among the unvaxxed. Right. Right. So I sent him the official government stats, which are probably exaggerated anyways. I said, look at this. It's actually a quarter. 25% of the people going into hospital yeah. are unvaccinated. So <clears throat> the problem is the media are propagating statistics that are Absolutely. simply wrong. Absolutely. They're just wrong. And so if you take that five and a half million across the world who supposedly were killed by COVID, if you cut that by one tenth, 
mm-hmm. you know, you end up with about a half a million. And, and you know, it's right. interesting because right. that's about the same number as the people who die each year due to the flu. No, you're exactly right. You're, you're exactly right. Now, I want to mention there was a tweet put out by Michael Cooper. Do you, do you know him, Sylvain, the conservative member of the parliament in St. Albert, uh, Edmonton there? Michael Not very Cooper. well. Okay, but you know who I'm speaking about. He says in his tweet, this is outrageous. Justin Trudeau's government is entering into truly dangerous authoritarian territory. Uh, state-imposed and voluntary medical interventions are un-Canadian. <laughs> I love that. And have no place in a free and democratic society. And then... Um, And this is on top of the fact that the provinces are looking to make vaccination mandatory, according to the federal health minister out there you've got there. Uh, He's looking to do that. So this thing is uh, when I talk about a spark, gentlemen, that's exactly what I'm speaking about. uh, Tom, Sylvain, thank you both. Sylvain, stay close. It was such a pleasure to have you on the program here. You're incredibly well-spoken, and I'm delighted to have you here. And uh, I'd like to keep you in the mix here to uh, keep people on in the know, okay? Thank, thank you very much. And just one last thing. If ever you need to interview funeral directors who have something to say, a judge who has something to say about this, he's on our side, <laughs> and a colonel, uh, just call me and I'll... <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is my kind of guy here. I'm telling you now. I, I just, it's just made my day. Anytime you want to talk. Yeah, I definitely love to talk to funeral directors. Hopefully I'm alive while I'm doing it. Shit. Interest and levity at the end of the program here, phones. Big thank you here to Sylvain Henry, Tom Harris. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Uh, getting the information out here is what this is all about. This is serious stuff. Uh, this tipping point I talk to you about all the time, my friends, this tipping point. Um, we're all at a tipping point. And, you know, citizens of the world seem to be, and I've really come to the conclusion now for sure, and you can see why, uh, we're all at this point together. I mean, it's, it's not, this is not an isolated incident. Um, if you look at the various countries that this is happening in, there's a lot of strange things going on in the world. I mean, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of theories out there, whatever they may be. But looking at the real stuff on the ground here, I don't like what I see. Let me say that. So we need to continue to unveil the facts and the truth. And you and I together are going to have to make our minds up as we move along the journey here, my fellow Americans and our fellow Canadians as well. I need to say that for sure. Hey, listen, thank you all for being with me on the mission here. Get back to America out loud. Let's get the truth out there and uh, let's make it happen. Liberty and justice for all. Hey, listen, it's time to get involved and get loud.